Hi everyone. I just want to give a little shout out that Business Barn Raising is now open for the year. This time around, we are really focusing on helping people who have been interested in incorporating hippotherapy into their practice get started. And the most important things to get started really are focusing on your practice location, getting all the systems in place that you are going to need to provide services. Those are things like insurance and contracts. And finally, finding the clients that you need to run your practice. And in Business Barn Raising, we cover all of these areas, both in lesson content format as well as supported coaching calls. So if you think this is something that might be helpful to you, be sure to reach out and get signed up. We will be starting in June. Welcome to Animals and Aquatics. I'm Gina, your host. I'm an occupational therapist, a sleep-deprived mom of three, and a lover of all things nature-based. Today, we're going to have a fun little chat about what not to wear when working with animals and in the pool. I want to touch base on what's been working for me in hot weather and cold weather, as well as give a special little discussion about interviews and fieldwork students. Now, I just have to give a disclaimer. I'm not sponsored, at least yet, by any of the companies, brands, or stores that I'm going to mention when talking about clothes or where we found some of the products that have been working with us. And why I think it's really important to have this discussion is because we are representing occupational therapy when we're out there working. And this discussion about what not to wear is important when we want to have a professional look that's functional in our specific setting. And since working with animals and aquatics are require a little bit of a different uniform or outfit, I think it's important to have that discussion because I know it's something that I've thought about a lot of like, how do I pull this all together and look professional while still being able to move and get around and do what I need to do? So first, what not to wear animal edition. Anything you want to keep clean. Anything that's going to stay wet. Things that show dirt and hair easily. Yes, I'm talking to you, polar fleece. It's getting to be shedding season and polar fleece is the worst thing to wear around the barn. Everything sticks to it. Open-toed shoes, clean white sneakers, high heels, anything like that. What's been working for me in hot weather? I like hiking pants for the pants that I'm going to wear, sun guard shirts have worked really well, a business polo shirt with cool wick material. I think that gives a really professional look and hiking pants can come in a variety of different colors. So you can have khaki hiking pants in your polo shirt, or you can go with black on the bottom and then your polo shirt there. I prefer hats to sunglasses. I feel like with sunglasses, I feel like my peripheral is a little bit restricted. I like to have more open field of vision. I also find with most sunglasses that it restricts the way that I'm going to connect with the clients. I really want that eye contact, that face-to-face look. I do occasionally wear sunglasses, but I don't, that's not my favorite. I don't like to. So I do prefer hats if I really need some protection from the sun or from my eyes. I don't wear shorts, but I do know some other therapists who like to wear shorts. 
Now, some of this will depend a little bit on your climate. I've definitely spoken with some of my colleagues in Florida and they say, yep, shorts are a must. And then I've spoken with other people that say, no, they actually prefer long pants as far as protection, no matter where they are. And again, those kind of lightweight, cool wick materials that are out there, the performance materials can really be effective in helping keep us cool. I do have a couple pairs of pants that are hiking pants that have an insect guard sprayed on them. And so that can help me when we're doing some work in taller grass areas and the ticks are a problem. Where I live, there's a lot of issues with ticks and tick-borne diseases. So for me in those specific areas, I do think that those types of pants are worth it for me. I still wear boots. I like hiking boots for our nature-based sessions with our therapy goats. And I wear Ariat All-Terrains when I'm at the stable. I found that they give me a good amount of support. If I need to do something with one of the horses, I have the right shoes on. But they're also really comfortable to walk in if I'm going to be walking for a couple hours. So that is my preferred footwear. I like to have something a little bit heavy duty on and something that's really going to handle whatever terrain I'm on. Again, I do know therapists that treat in sneakers and that's comfortable for them, especially if they have any orthopedic needs, then maybe sneakers are a little bit of a better fit for them. But for me, I want some sort of boot depending on where I'm at. So right now it's the middle of winter and it's really all about the cold weather. So I would say what works animal edition cold weather version is layers. Yep. Layer up. I think Last Friday, when it was about a high of 25, I had on about five layers. So wool, yes, bring on all of the wool things right from the bottom up. Hand warmers, especially reusable ones, have been really helpful in just taking the chill off a little bit, or if I can pop those in in between sessions, those have been helpful. Thermal underwear or whatever your base layer is going to be. Vests that are going to go on under an outerwear jacket. I find that the vest gives my core body another layer without restricting my arms so much. Fleece or insulated pants, even on relatively nicer days, I do like my fleece and insulated pants. For the extreme cold, I'm wearing those fleece pants with a Carhartt suit over it. So the Carhartt suit is insulated as well. I have insulated boots. Again, I have a pair of Ariats that I really like that are insulated that I like wearing at the stable this time of year. And wool socks with half a size larger shoes. So if you're planning ahead, remember to size up in your shoes or your boots, your winter boots. That way you have a little bit more airspace. I've also heard a lot of people say that bread bags around your feet can be really helpful in keeping the heat in. But I prefer my wool socks. Those have been working really well. And my student last week, she was wearing Bluetooth-controlled heated socks, and she said they really helped to keep her feet warm. She did have to have her phone in her pocket or whatever to control them, but she found those at her local Costco, and she said that those kept her feet warm when we were outside for a couple hours walking around. So as we've gone through that, you might think, well, what about an interview or what about being a fieldwork student? And most of the fieldwork students that I've worked with, they reach out to me first and they ask, what is the dress code? And usually I'll say, you want to be able to dress for the weather. 
So make sure you're checking the temperatures beforehand so you know what the weather's supposed to be like and dress in layers. If you can, khaki pants on the bottom and a polo on top. I think that's a very professional look no matter what setting we're in. There's a lot of equestrian-based polo shirts that work really well for the stable setting. And a lot of schools also have shirts that are have their school logo on them. So those work well for fieldwork students. And then as it gets colder, we are layering up. I do not like the look of hoodies. I do not think that's our best professional look if possible. If a student is asking, I would say, if you can avoid the jeans and hoodies look, that tends to work better for me. Now you may have a different feeling about that. And then when we get to an interview, I want to see a balance of knowing what the work demands are going to be and then dressing professionally in that setting. So if I'm at the stable, I don't want to see someone come in in riding pants because that's not what they're there to do. And they're not there to ride horses. They're there to treat children or treat the clients, some patient population that we see. Again, I want to see them in some sort of pant with a boot or shoe that they don't mind getting dirty. I want to see them in clean, neat wear. A button-down collared shirt works well for an interview. And I want to see them be ready to get in the arena or get beside the horse or really kind of be in action. I interviewed an OT once who was interested in a position at the stable, and she came in a very appropriate outfit for an interview if you were maybe working a more clinical job. So she had on suit with a skirt and high heels. And at the barn, it just felt very, very out of place. So she was dressed for an interview, but she wasn't necessarily dressed for an interview at a stable. So just thinking about what is that best professional look that you could have when going to an interview for the setting. If we were at our more nature-based site and we had our therapy goats there, I would still be looking for long pants because we're out, we're in the tall grass, sturdy footwear and a nice button down or collared shirt would be what I would be looking for when someone comes to interview with me. So now let's take a moment and talk about water. We could be talking about aquatics in the pool. We could be talking about a lake or ocean. And let's start again with what not to wear. A bikini or a revealing suit. Speedos or swim briefs for men who are treating. Cotton shirts over your swimwear. So we want to think functional and modest when we're thinking about being in the pool or being in a water setting, aquatic setting with our clients. We want to be sure that we're going to be comfortable when we get wet, that we can handle if there's terrain, that we can handle the terrain that we're going to be on for lake streams, oceans, those types of settings where we're going to be with our clients in water. So what's been working is an athletic or sports one-piece suit. I like the boy leg version. It gives me more coverage and less riding up. Rash guards when outside in natural water. And I think those work good for men and women alike. Suits for cold water. So that can be ocean or the pool. We've been wearing our wetsuits when we're going to be in the water for a couple hours. It does help to keep us warm kind of the one of those people who are perpetually cold and in the water, my heat just really drains away very quickly. So when I'm in the water, I am wearing a wetsuit. Again, it's a shorty. It's a boy leg version. 
And that's been working really well. So I definitely recommend the wetsuits and we've been recommending them to our clients as well. And there's one called Warm Belly. Those are kids' wetsuits and those work really well for helping keep kids warm when we're in the water for their sessions. So they're not ending up shivering towards the end of the session. Swim shoes for pool decks, rocky streams, shelly beaches. I don't like the griminess if there's a yuckiness on the pool deck. And when I'm crossing over the stream, I'd rather have on water shoes, aqua shoes. And same with getting into the water. Water's edges sometimes can be a little bit mucky. So I really like having those swim shoes that are going to drain out pretty well. I like to wear a waterproof watch with an alarm. That way, especially if I can put the alarm on vibrate, it really helps me to keep track of time when I'm in the water. If I don't have a clock that's nearby that I can see, that alarm time is really great. Just getting that vibrate of like, okay. Men can do board shorts and rash guards pretty easy, and that can be a pretty professional look for being around the water. And then we found that having a whistle can be great for cueing clients when it's time to leave the water. It's very functional in that is how most lifeguards in pool or ocean situations are also going to get people's attentions. So when we think about interviews and fieldwork students, again, I want to see that you're coming prepared to get wet. Even if you're wearing your suit under your khakis and polo shirt, it's great if I said, hey, can you help or could you show me this skill that someone is ready and able to participate in that way? So with fieldwork students, again, they're typically reaching out to me as a fieldwork educator ahead of time and asking what they should wear. I recommend a one-piece suit with coverage and then being ready to get in the pool and to get wet, bringing your own towels, those types of things so you can dry up afterwards. For the interview, if we if this was usually I would say this may even be like a follow-up. We may have done our first interview and kind of gotten a feeling whether we might be a good fit. And so this might be a follow-up, more of a skills-based interview. And so same thing, I would like to see somebody come dressed prepared for the interview, but then having your swim stuff with you. That way, if we did want to get into the water and work on some skills or demonstrate some skills and techniques, you would be ready for that. So to wrap up today, finding the perfect workwear when you're combining a professional field like occupational therapy with children and animals or aquatics can be tricky. And I think there's a balance between functional and professional looking. Uh, I always recommend company logo wear. It's always an upgrade to any clothing in the professionalism department. If you're sporting your school logo or you're sporting your business logo, I think that helps to kind of pull the look together, even if we are in a more non-traditional setting. Otherwise, my recommendation is to choose functional clothes that are neat and appropriate for the climate, the physical demands of the task. So how much walking, running, bending, climbing are you going to be doing? And always feel free to ask what's working for others. I shared a little bit about what's working for me today, but I'd say let's have some fun and go ahead and DM me on Facebook or Instagram about your last wardrobe malfunction when animals or aquatics were involved. If you haven't already done so, please be sure to subscribe to the podcast if you like what you hear, and please leave us a review so that other occupational therapy providers can find us. Thanks.